Welcome to the Justin and Greg Show. It has been a time because someone went on vacation. And now I have like one of these stupid summer colds. Yeah, you is know, is there anything worse in the world than getting a summer cold? Yeah, not getting to go on vacation to get a summer cold. It's like I don't know, 37, 38 degrees, which is like high nineties, almost a hundred degrees out, and I have a cold. Yeah, and but you were on vacation in the United States of America, having the time of your life. Meanwhile, I'm back home here, slaving away, trying to make content, trying to get the fans fired up. All by myself. Guess what, what content did you make last week while I was away? I did a throwback Thursday. Did you see that? Because it made so the news. You, you took an old video and you put it on. And an entire week to yourself, Greg. And the only thing you did was take an old video and post it again. It was it was strategic, obviously. Strategic. It was Scott Rogowski from HQ saying he loves our show. How funny is that? I actually really like that guy. I think he's Canadian. I am the host with the hollow French toast, the Trap Trebek. Scott Rogowski, host of HQ Trivia. I think deep down, I bet like his mom's Canadian. Maybe something. I just I just watched him on Cabby, Cabby with the Street, Cabby he, Cabral Richards. He's a, a local sports journalist. He's not local. Well, he's a he's a national sports journalist out sure. here, and he had him on the show. And Scott Rogowski, who's the host of the HQ app, which is you know a phenomenon to some people, yeah, a waste of time to others. But he like lifted off small towns like Moose Jaw and Nipawin and all that sort of stuff. He went across the board. I'm like, oh, he knows this place. He okay, loves but it. to be fair, Cabral Richards, you're saying local, and then you're like, well, he's a national reporter here, here being a 36 hour drive away in Toronto. Yeah. Okay. Just just to clarify for the audience, that is what I'm saying. Oh, anyway, you know, it feels it feels nice to to be able to speak into people's eardrums. Yeah, I actually had Brian Reese, a good friend of mine from Calgary, the western part of Canada, was asking, saying, hey, when's the next podcast? In fact, his direct quote was, uh, new podcast? I was like, yeah, it's coming. I got friggin' sicker over here. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. What's new in the Jags world? Because we're, <laughs> we're getting bold again. We've been thinking for a little while about, like, what's going to be our next adventure? Because, you know, we had us being on the Nitron and the Stanley Cup Finals with the Vegas Golden Knights and Rural Uber just cracked over 10 million views. And there's been a lot of crazy things, but it, it's been a little bit quiet for a bit, I would say. Yeah, and we've been working on a lot of things that are underground right now. And some of you, and actually, I would guess most of you will never hear about what we're working on because it's a, more of a business thing. And that's fine. But at the end of the day, we, we sat down on Tuesday after the long weekend here in Canada and said, what are we trying to do with Justin and Greg, who are we and what do we represent to the greater world? And I think that we kind of landed on something. We are about doing the impossible. And, and not the impossible as in like, hey, we can do anything. No. That's not the case. The point is we meet, meet people all over the world that live in small towns or have the odds stacked against them. And the, the perspective they have is I can't do it because I don't live in New York City or don't live in L.A. or in London or whatever. And our reality is actually a little bit different than that in that we have done some things that we've never should have been able to do. No, and things that we didn't even really plan on doing or never would have imagined would have happened to us. But we've been a part of some like crazy stories and there's there's a lot of other ones we could rattle off. But the point is we thought, why don't we try and do more impossible things and continue to do that with the hopes of bringing everybody else along in the journey and sharing stories of getting more people to try crazy things and just see what happens. Because 
to be fair, too, we've had some big wins. We also have a lot of losses. Yeah, and that's kind of the, the point is to encourage anyone that's listening to this podcast or that follows us anywhere to say, you know what, maybe maybe I can do this. Maybe maybe my life could be a little bit different if I just try and be willing to, one, fail, but also to be willing to put myself in a position to succeed. And we're planning to be internet video baseball stars. What? So, yeah. I love baseball. I know you do. You're going to like this analogy. Okay. So baseball players, the best baseball players in the world, fail 70% of the time. Right. Because they, you know, they hit around 250. Yeah. 250? I thought 300 was good. 300 is great. Yeah. So if you're like hitting 300, best. you're awesome. Right. And so set that 300 means that basically 30%. I don't know why it's a decimal of 1,000. Well, Batting 1,000 would be, it should be batting 100. How crazy is that, though? You but, go up to the plate, you get paid... $25 million to hit the ball one every three times? Three to four times. At 250, which is probably, you know, average for a professional baseball player means they hit the ball and get on base one out of every four times. So three out of four times, they strike out or they fly out or they fail. And I feel like that's what we're going to do is just try crazy things and not be afraid to strike out a whole bunch because every once in a while, you hit a home run. I like that. We're real-world baseball players. I The funny thing is, the best home run hitters get, what, 50 home runs? That's quite a lot, yeah. So if they play 150 games and they go up to the plate four times, like how... 162 how, games, but... 160... How often do they hit a home run versus how many times are at the plate? Not very often. Like one out of 50 times, maybe? Yeah. That's crazy. No, it's insane. Unless you're doing drugs and you're Sammy Sosa or Mark McGuire and you're just crushing the ball. But When is an all-drugs baseball league coming? Because that'd be sick. Not soon enough in my world. I'm all for steroid sports. I've said it on the podcast. I'll say it again. Sports should be allowed to do drugs. It's like, hey, if you want to do steroids, you are you are destroying your career. Right, you're gonna you're gonna take, I don't know, fifty plus percent of your career length off, but you're gonna get some pretty good years. So if that's your risk, go for it. Well, but then everybody else to compete has to destroy their body. No, no, you don't. You just have to get better. And how cool would the story be? We would all cheer for the person that's like, no, no, I'm gonna go straight edge and not do any drugs of this, and I'm gonna beat that person who's doing drugs. We would love that story. But what if they couldn't beat them? Well, then they couldn't beat them. We still get entertained because whatever we're mm. seeing on the screen is amazing. And uh, what well, we want is to be entertained. That's all we want. Uh, I want people to keep their lives and not die from steroid overdoses. But do you, though? Yes, I do, because I'm a decent human being, Greg. Yeah, me, uh, me, me too, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, it's been a while. We have a lot of things to talk about, and uh, we'll cut it short if we need to. But did you know this, Justin? That some of the healthiest people in the world do not work out. I read this article, and I thought, this is exactly what I want to hear. Also, Greg, did you know that some of the unhealthiest people in the world don't work out? It's weird. It's a weird tension because you can be on both sides of this. But nothing drives me more insane than the idea of pumping iron. I'm going to pump iron. That's my Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. Is that because you don't pump iron and you don't look like you do? No, I don't. And you're jealous I, of everybody I, who does? No, I, I'm not, not jealous. The idea of wasting my time feeding my ego by looking in the mirror and just pumping iron to me is a waste of time. What I want is... Have you ever watched American Ninja Warrior or things like that? Yep. If I could do something where I could work out and it was a practical thing, like even something like, hey, Greg, move this pile of rocks over there to over there. I'd be like, cool, I'm accomplishing something that is beyond just feeding my ego or my own vanity. I think it's it's an interesting idea because lots of people go to the gym to look like they go to the gym. 
as opposed to going to the gym and maybe it's the same thing, but to look like you are strong and active and a healthy, at least in the male, like bro culture. And it goes like crazy as opposed to simply, I don't know how many people are doing it just because, hey, I think exercise is healthy for me. The greatest feeling you can get in a gym or the most satisfying feeling you can get in the gym is the pump. Right. And that's what I think if I could accomplish that throughout my day, I'd be pumped. The pumped. Like if I could live a lifestyle You'd be of bald. just being right up. Just being healthy, I'd be fine. I would never need to go to a gym. And that's kind of what this study pointed to was, hey, guess what? The healthy people people in the world are actually quite active in their day. They they walk a lot of places. They don't need to go to the gym because their whole world is surrounded with being active, which makes a ton of sense. I just find, though, if you had to pick motivation, what's more motivating to you? To look super strong and sexy or to be healthy? The pump. There's Well, I mean, ooh, tough question. If I needed to pick right now, if I looked super strong and sexy, I would try that on for a little while. The pump. Right? Like, I think... It, I'm not faulting people who go to the gym because they want to look like they go to the gym. That's that it, it makes sense, especially in our culture, because there's kind of this perception right now that that's what good looking people do. The pump. Or that's what a good looking person is, is they're jacked and they look like they go to the gym. The pump. My ideal world, though, is to go home and not need a nap. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> that's to get up in goal. the morning. Yeah, to get up in the morning at, say, like 530, which is my goal every day, to go for a walk, to feel great, to feel rested, and then <laughs> not need a nap when I go home at 4.35 every day. Wow. I mean, it's, it's it's a lofty goal, I know, but I mean, apparently people are doing it in the world. So. The thing that's actually getting me active is this idea of if you exercise in the morning, it sets you up to have a much more productive day. And I want our days to be productive and I want us to be able to accomplish wild and crazy and insane things. Um, so that's why I've started exercising most mornings, but I'm sick. I didn't, I didn't this morning. Love this quote from the article. Walking is also great medicine for your mind. A daily walk could reduce the risk of dementia by 40% according to someone, a physician, uh, in Sweden. How insane, though, is it? We hear these things and go, wow, if I walk every day, I've got a 40% less chance of being crazy when I'm older. And we're like, meh, I'd rather just not walk. The pump. That's just like, that's procrastinating or just, do you ever have like, evening Justin always leaves so much garbage for morning Justin to do? I used to, I used to be that guy. Yeah, we just, so we went to the lake on the weekend and we came home and I was bragging to my wife about how awesome I am because I brought everything in and put it away after the you vacation. Actually unpacked after your vacation. Yeah. And I'm serious. Like six months ago, I never would have done that. I'm like, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. Sorry. So you did this one time and now you're no longer that guy? No, no, no. I've done it a couple of times now where I'm like, it's actually a habit for me to expect myself to come home, unpack things and not rest until the job is done. And I'm like, wow, I'm so close to being an adult. I'm so close. Mine is like eating a whole bunch of junk food before bed and, and expecting morning Justin to work it off in the morning. <laughs> it's like, hey, I want to I want to drop about 10 pounds personally. That's like a little bit of a goal of mine. But I'm always like in the evenings, I'm like, I'll let morning Justin work off all it's these It's so extra. true. The problem is, I it doesn't matter the size of the bag of chips, I can eat it in a sitting. And like one day, I, it was like a good size bag of chips. And I was like, that was 1,500 calories. I know, but that's, it's important that you spend them the way you want. The pump. People say, like, stop eating junk food. Like, listen, if I'm going to spend my 2,000 to 3,000 calories a day, half those are going to a bag of ketchup chips because that's what I love yeah. to do. My problem is, like, 
I do like seven minute high intensity intervals. It's like a hundred calories. Like I would need to do fifteen times that to burn off those chips. Crazy. I have a friend. I have an Apple Watch. She just went for a walk. She walked for two point something kilometers and burned eighty eight calories. I'm like, that's a lot of bags of chips, man. Oh my goodness. I'm not walking that. No, my my problem is. So last night I'm watching this show Rick and Morty to do like I'm studying culture. So Rick and Morty, if you haven't watched it, is the number one show among millennials in North America by by. A, a wide margin. And so I'm like, what's so appealing about this show? So I'm going to bed early last night because I'm exhausted. It's my last night to rest before a long weekend full of, you know, good times with friends and events and that sort of stuff. And I'm like, I should go to bed. But no, I watch two episodes of Rick and Morty, wake up tired. Mm. Uh, the point of the story is that I'm always just like you, letting my morning, Greg, yeah. deal with my poor decisions. Like, yeah, yeah you'll be I'd fine. Fart. One more episode is cool. Just keep going. I'm amazed at how quickly you can burn like half an hour just scrolling feeds yeah. where it's like, you know, and half an hour in the morning, an extra half hour of sleep feels like a lot. It doesn't feel like a lot the night before. Right? It's, it's like, crazy. yeah, if I would have went to bed half an hour earlier last night, this would not be such a struggle today. Yeah, we can't do it. Is. Interesting thing, speaking of, you know, studying pop culture, I downloaded and installed two nights ago Fortnite. Right. So this is the, the popular video game that everyone's talking about. It's on your phone. It's on your computer. It's everywhere. I don't know what it is. So I hadn't even really heard about it maybe six months ago until there was this big news story dropping because Drake, uh, not not the duck, the the rapper, he's right. from, I the, don't know where. Well, he's from Toronto, the Six. Oh, the Six, yeah. Right. Anyway, he's, he's a very, very popular guy. Was playing this game called Fortnite with this other guy named Ninja who I didn't know that now I know who Ninja is. He's this, I don't know what he is, 17 or 19-year-old He's young. Twitch streamer. He plays video games. He just got signed to a massive Red Bull contract. Which is like, what is Red Bull doing outside of like constantly preserving itself by making good decisions? Uh, Anyway, I think, yeah, that'll play out well for them. But okay, Fortnite. So Fortnite is this this game. It's a a phenomenon because you can play it on your phone. You can play it on your PS4, on your Xbox, on your PC, even on your Mac, in in my case. And it's basically a hundred people playing against each other kind of like a little bit of a shooter game but you basically all get dropped into the same world you fly over you land and you have to find a gun you have to break down buildings you need to protect yourself and it's basically chaos because there's a storm coming that always shrinks everybody into the middle of the map the premise is so cool it sounds like hunger games yeah it is actually it's very much like like hunger games you drop in you find stuff you try and survive and it's going to force you to the middle to eventually bat it all you try and survive till the end so here's my question to you is why is it a cultural phenomena? I don't know. Because like you're right, you shoot and then you can build stuff too. But like, it, you know, I was like talking with work. my brother about this. And I think the thing is, is that it's not even that that many people play it. It's that people like watching it because it's an entertaining game to watch. I don't know if you've ever been over to your friend's house where he's playing video games and there'll be like a game that's just not fun to watch because it's like puzzles and it's slow and you're like I'm so bored. Or those RPGs where someone has to walk for 45 yeah, exactly. minutes you're like this is so <laughs> dumb and they just keep these random battles. No this is like because sometimes like one time I was dead in 8 seconds. Like it just it moves very quickly. It's over. How long between games? You can you can pop into games like immediately. Oh, so when like you you're die, dead, you go into another game. You're, you're dead. You go back gotcha. to the lobby. You jump into another game, and it kind of endlessly. But I think because it's fun to watch, and if you don't know this, listening out there, Twitch and the whole idea of watching gamers stream while they're chatting and they have their moderators and their conversations, like it's it's a big thing now. This became real to me a couple weekends ago, where I have this hankering. I grew up in the a late, hankering. A hankering. I, I grew up in the Super Nintendo in sixty four era, and I loved. Video games, but now like they're so complex and they take so long to learn. And as soon as I learn them, 
everyone is better than me, yeah. and I don't want to spend like the 40 plus hours to get good at it. So I was like, oh, what is this Fortnite game? I don't want to learn it. I'm just going to watch someone play it who's really good yep. at it. And it occurred to me like, whoa, this is a thing because yep. I don't want to waste 40 hours. I just want to waste 10 minutes feeling good about watching someone play a video game. And it made sense to me. It's like my wife, I don't think she wants to be a real housewife, but she loves watching it because she's living vicariously through them because they're very good at being housewives. Life in Beverly Hills is a game and I make the rules. It's so funny and she doesn't listen to this podcast and that's gonna live forever i love that uh, anyway and that's what you can do now you can pretend like you're or follow along your favorite gamers they go in entertainment so what i love is that growing up my parents would say stop playing video games you're not gonna get anywhere in life playing video games and now it's like eh. actually, actually you could mom, have had a lifetime red bull deal for tens of millions of dollars but your mom ruined it or, or big league college contracts like that's yeah. a real scholarship that is happening all across the u.s they're paying real cash for you to go play video games for for the money. university or college that's insane special well and we've talked about this on the podcast before too where there's professional sports leagues that have their own esports team yep like the spurs have an esports team and i know that a big fan of the show kai lisk is he loves the madden Yep. Right, so Kai could grow up and be on part of the yeah, he'd be a professional New football Patriots. player, a professional esports football player. Yeah, signed There's by the be New those. England Patriots. So Kai, I hope that works out for you. You and Brady winning championships. Do you ever watch the Oscars? No, I mean, but I mean, like yeah, with friends. Uh, no, nah, I I know people do that. They'll do like Oscar parties. I just I can't do it. I would do an Oscar party, a Grammy party, like some sort of award ceremony as a party with friends because then no matter how bad as they always are, these award ceremonies are, I'm having fun with friends. I like the opening monologues from whoever the comedian is that's hosting it and then after that, I just, I can't. Because they're so bad, right? Well, and you can find out the results of who won, um, like just watch on Twitter or the next day go, oh, these people won these awards. No, the worst award show of them all is the Oscars. Is it? Yeah. Why? Because it's four plus hours long Oof. and there's awards that you don't even understand what mm -hmm. they're winning for. And then it's always like, it's just something, this pomp and circumstance. You're like, I don't, like, this is elitist. I don't care about you. And the real winners never win. Like, I watch, like, the top, now they have 10. Or sometimes they win and then they find out they read the wrong thing. But that was, and I still to this day think that was set staged. up. That was so, yeah. totally staged. But I, there's 10 best pitchers now. Right, because before there what? was yeah, before there was five That's, nominees. This sounds like millennials are getting in on this. Yeah, wait for the real story. So there's there was five, I think, best pitchers, and now there's ten. So then now when I go and look at the list of the best ten, I go, oh, I've seen two of those. Right, like two of those things. Yeah, because they're all like weird indie movies you don't right, want to watch. Right, that's the thing about like the whole elitist nature of the Academy Awards is like I don't get this, but you do, but I want to get this. I want to be the on best the picture should be the one that got the most at the box office. Really, you think that? Sure. No, I like the. Uh, That's the democracy of. No, I'm, I'm. Listen, that doesn't make any sense. Why? Because the picture uh, that everybody watched the most was the best picture. No, because if you've seen shows on TLC that crush like Honey Doo Doo or whatever her name is, Honey Boo Boo. Yeah, like, does that deserve it, an Emmy? I don't. Yeah, think, if, <laughs> if that many people, it's entertainment. I wish I had an action figure. Then I can grab my cheese ball. No because, no, because no, 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 you're a communist. No, no, no. The, you want some panel of judges to decide what the best picture is as opposed to the democracy of people saying this was the best movie. Yes, because if you look at people who vote, it uh, they make a lot of mistakes. No, but I, I like seeing something like Skyscraper not going to win best picture because it didn't get the most 
views. Because it was terrible. You know, on to your point though, I hate seeing movies that I think objectively, in my mind, I guess it's subjectively, suck, and, and then they win Best Picture. Like, Did you see the fun. new Mission Impossible? Five. Yeah, I saw it. And I hear it's entertaining. It was fine. Yeah, it, like it wasn't bad. It, I don't think it was great, but it was it was good. I paid my money. I watched what? it. It gave me what I wanted. Oh man, the internet raved about it so much more. But like, some I'm, movie, some some of the movies that have won like Best Picture. I like watch. I'm like that was the most depressing movie I have ever seen. It's a whole thing about like if you're a comedy or a horror, like, it needs to be drama and it needs to be kind of melancholy. Yeah. And if it's not that, it needs you to don't have mean- like a really strong message and a point. And a- no, why can't it just be the most entertaining? Okay, so to your point now, the Academy Awards is changing things. They announced yesterday they approved three things, only two of which I'm going to talk about. One. They're shrinking it down to three-hour broadcasts. No longer four, but three. How many of those hours are commercials? Uh, a lot of them, actually. Yeah, that's why I can't do it. They're using the commercials to their advantage, so now they're giving out awards during the commercials, and they're going to edit it down and show you it'll be faster. Okay. Which I think were, hey, thumbs up. Or just pick the ones that nobody cares about and show those during the commercial. Right, because, I mean, I don't know. There's only, the like, between- maybe eight or ten. Like, the, the, the mass amount of people, like... I appreciate a good Foley artist. The people who make like the the sounds, like when somebody's walking down a hallway, they're the ones who recreate footsteps and do like breaking sure. bones. I and do all not care stuff. about that award. You don't, and exactly. I I'm like I think it's interesting, but you don't, and the the mass majority of people don't. So let's take all the things that most people don't care about and do like best picture, you know, best leading, you know, actor or I I don't want to. Right, you care about yeah. best actor. Yeah. And best actor because of 2018. Yeah, well, no, I was like, I don't remember what the word is for a flight attendant. It's not a, like, it's yeah, a... and best picture. That's what I mean. Like, whoever the best actors are, male or female. Best, best cinematography, picture. I think we can all appreciate, too. Yeah, I think something where it's like, the, hey, the visuals were beautiful. And then the one for the ultimate best winning one is the one that best gets picture. the most at the box office. So they're introducing a new category, which is loosely, right now, loosely defined as best popular movie. Thank you. So that's happening uh, potentially next year, if not in next year, like this February, it'll be next February, where we could see like for the, the masses. We could see Black Panther win an Academy Award for just selling the most tickets, as it should. I just feel like it's just. I no, feel like the Academy you're Award part of the problem. No, no, no. Listen, you're trying to say they're pretentious, but you won't let the movie that the most people wanted to see. No, I've seen that. I like the fact that they're pretentious, and I don't understand why they like it. But the fact that they're going to give in so that they are more relevant to millennials sure. and yeah. make more money, I'm like, ah, are you not just like, are you not giving into and destroying what you once like, what what what, what made you good? I guess it just depends whether it's an artistry award or it's a business award. No, it's going to be or a popularity contest. It used to be elitist telling me what I didn't understand. I'm like, no, this award is the best picture. I'm like, so. Oh. I think what is maybe interesting, you know, kind of flipping off on that is how, do you remember when it was such a big deal when, was it Netflix or Amazon that won like the first? It was Amazon. No, Hulu or Amazon. One of those two. Somebody won the first and now like they're everywhere in there. Yeah, they're smart. They go to these, they go to these film festivals, Amazon and Hulu and these film festivals, they present, um, you know, amazing awards and they have their buyers and Netflix says, hey, listen, I want to buy your show and they'll say, okay, cool. It's going to cost you this much money. Yep. Then they go and win the awards. Mm -hmm. I think it was the one with, um, it wasn't Colin Hanks. It was the Affleck, Casey Affleck. Hmm. He's the one who was a part of that movie. I think it was Hulu, actually. But no, 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 no. Wait, uh, yellow are not painkillers. What are they? Just speed. No, they're the X. The uh, painkillers are in the Tylenol. Give him one of these. It'll knock him right out. Thanks. 
Yeah, but it just it's fascinating to see now it's not always the studios, it's the the new studios. Do you cheer for the new studios cuz I know I do. Oh yeah. Yeah, like I want Netflix to win everything and well, actually it's weird. I'm biased toward Netflix. <laughs> I want Netflix to win. I don't care about Hulu or Amazon cuz I don't really watch stuff on their uh, channels, but a- Amazon for me has a show The Grand Tour which they picked up Top Gear which was my favorite show and the people from there and, and so I like Amazon and I like Netflix. Okay. But I just I appreciate what they're doing for so many things because I don't like commercials. So you're more inclined now to watch the Academy Awards, knowing that there's a chance that there's a movie that you watch that could win. No. Okay. I'm still not because this is the beautiful thing about the internet. The next day I can find out who won in categories if I care, and if somebody made a really weird, awkward speech, I don't have to spend all the hours waiting to see if they're going to do it. If something happened, there will be a clip on the internet the next day that. I can watch. So you don't care, kind of like watching live sports, you don't want to have to be there when the event happens. I think watching live sports, the problem I get sucked into with live sports is all I care about in live sports is having a dramatic finish that you know gets my dopamine going. And so you waste a lot of time watching a lot of games that aren't that fun. My, and I feel like the same thing with the Academy Awards. My thing is this, I don't want Megan Fox to get an Academy Award for Transformers 17 when Meryl Streep has earned them because she's, she's an amazing actress. Who says Megan Fox is not an amazing actress? I mean, really, most people say that. Most people say I don't that think Megan most Fox people say that. is very. She wouldn't be the one job. to win it, though. It would be the like the whole team who put the whole movie together. She gets a part in that because, like it or hate it, she was part of the entertainment factor of the reason why people went and saw it. But could you imagine though if Bad Boys Three wins an Academy? I Award? sure could imagine that. <laughs> And they would deserve it. Oh, man. Bad Boys. Because isn't is that an entertaining f- movie? It's one of my most favorite movie franchises of all I time. feel like way better than some of the movies that have won. Where yeah. I go, that wasn't entertaining. That I was depressing. Know. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I to w- me, depression is not entertainment. But here's the thing. What I find is, so we have the, here in Regina, we have the independent movie studio, Studio mm-hmm. 7 at the Rainbow Theaters. When the Academy Awards are announced, they always bring in these movies that are announced and I can go sure. watch them. And then I feel like I'm being educated somehow. I just like the whole elitist thing. What can I say? Yeah. You you would do well at like a golf and country club. No, I don't understand that. I just like I like the fact that it exists because it's like, oh, interesting. I can be elitist. <laughs> Not me, but they are, and I'm I feel better about that. Knowing that someone is elitist and they know something about something. Not the internet. <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyway, the internet knows a lot of things about a lot of things too. Yeah, the internet also votes Chuck Norris Bridge in Turkey. Moving on, so something that I really thought I cared about was this one company. I have their phones, I have their computers, I have their watch, even Apple. Uh, Dell, Apple. A few years, a few years, a few days ago, became the first company in the history of the world to be valued at over one. <laughs> trillion dollars and i use a t in that trillion they have a, a bigger just made mar- up numbers they have a bigger market market cap than most of the countries on the planet in, in terms Crazy. of their gdp yeah it's just because they sell some computers and phones so here's the story about my life is that m- growing up my dad made us buy mac computers all the time oh i like this is before dad. they were cool before they were cool. So it's like 1995, I have a new Mac computer that doesn't work with anything, and all <laughs> totally. my friends are playing Command & Conquer, and I can't because I'm on a Mac computer. He's like, no, 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 Mac's the best. So you know, props to you, Larry, if you listen to this podcast. You were right. And then the Macs became cool. Steve Jobs comes back, launches the iMac, and somewhere in there, I became what they call a fanboy. I became right. almost religiously connected to this brand that I love, that like, oh, yeah, we're the best. We make iPods. Yep. We make iMacs. We make, well, then the iPhone launched. And it was like, this is, 
this is amazing. And I felt amazing championing the, their cause yep. to the masses, saying that, you know, you're wrong, this is right. This, this Remember this? It just works. And then the Mac versus PC commercials. And it was just, it was a good time. And now they're worth a trillion dollars. And I find myself saying, who cares that you're worth a trillion dollars? When do you think was the last time that you actually got into an argument arguing that Apple was better? Well, I mean, when I was right? Probably a couple of years ago. Yeah, like I was thinking back, I think six years ago, iPhone 4S. In those days, I was a big champion for why... Apple dominated, and I grew up in a PC world, only had PCs, worked in like IT and Microsoft, and was all for PCs and thought Mac were overpriced and stupid. And then I got one, and I was like, oh. And then I got an iPhone, and I was like, oh. And I was a massive champion for them, but it's been years since I would actually go, like, I'm like, no, Android's great, and PCs are great, and all this stuff is fine. Nobody's really doing anything too crazy this way or that way. I'm just stuck in the Apple ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, and back then it worked, and it was amazing to be to be a part of that. And full disclosure, I once bought Apple stock, and I made money off of it because I'm a genius when it comes to investing. How much money did you make? I think I made make 50% off of my... How much did you invest? Not a lot. I think a couple thousand dollars. Oh, well, that's not bad. Yeah, suck it, I man. I thought you were going to say, like, oh, I invested $20 no, and I made Back when bucks. Apple stock was uh, like 500 US and they were going <laughs> to split, I realized, wait a minute, when they split, a lot of people like myself are going to buy and it's going to go up again. So I bought in then and then it went up and now it's worth, you know, substantially more than when I... Well, you should have held on to it. No, I don't care. I set goals when I invest. I'm like, oh. okay, if I make 500 bucks of this, cool, I'm happy I'm selling. Anyway, I used to care about the stock price. This is even before or after I sold my shares. I used to be like, yeah, Apple made more money. I'm pumped. And I had this realization that they're a trillion-dollar company. I'm like, wait a minute. What about me? Like, your products are so fine. They're fine. Yeah, like, the iPhone X was fine. Or iPhone 10 was, it was, it was fine. No, that's part of the problem. They make an iPhone X and say it's iPhone 10. And there was a time where I believed Apple earned the right to be that pretentious, but they have lost it. So I call it an iPhone X purely out of spite. I have an iPhone X. Yeah, I know, because I don't have one. I know. What do you have, an iPhone 2? iPhone 7. Be oh, quiet. No that's one likes three it. numbers. The thing is, I just think it's dumb that I was... Con- I, they convinced me to care that they do well and make money. Because now they're just making money hand over fist, making products that work fine, that are marginally better than other products, that actually make my life a little bit better, but not completely better because they don't actually take care of me. And they don't care about me. Why do I care that they're a trillion dollar company? Like, screw you, Apple. I think before you could look at a guy like Steve Jobs and some of the things that Apple was doing was they were pushing everybody to be better. And they were actually championing and moving things forward. I mean, some people could say, hey, a smartphone actually is ruining society. That that argument aside, they pushed the boundaries of what was possible and how things would work. Where now I feel like they don't push the boundaries, but they sure make a lot of money. So before I wanted to cheer for them because they're pushing everybody to be better. Now I'm like, they're fine. I think the, the math was when Steve Jobs was in control, Apple was worth about $300 billion. And since Tim Cook has taken over, it has added about 600 to $700 billion of worth. And I'm like, yeah, Tim Cook, fine. I don't care because all that money is, is taken away from me. Like how many times are you like, well, just give me the OLED screen, guys. I know you can have it or give me a better camera. I know you have it, but, but they have like their magicians to say, if we hold off one more unit, we can make yeah. $50 billion more dollars. 
And I saw this interesting article about how they were talking about companies where they have like a serious innovator at the helm that move it forward, i.e. Steve Jobs or even Bill Gates. Or Elon Musk. Sure. Is they end up building something wonderful and they always end up transitioning to typically the right-hand person who is a really good executor, administrative kind of person who is a Tim Cook or at the time was a Steve Ballmer for Microsoft and these different people where they end up taking over and they actually drive insane profits for shareholders because that's what they're really, really good at Boring. is the details. And the companies end up dying because then the innovation stops. Yeah, Apple's lucky because they have these AirPods that are super cool. but They're I'm, not I'm, cool, but they are very good at what they need to do. Very effective. But outside of that, get lost, Apple. I don't care about you. And I will not champion your brand outside of the fact that I'm stuck in your ecosystem until you do something generationally cool again. And I cannot see that happening because the space is going to be virtual reality. Speaking of generationally cool, because I think we meant to talk about this at the beginning of the podcast, but we didn't actually talk about it, was we're going to try more impossible things and we actually have an impossible mission. We definitely talked about that didn't we no we didn't say what it was we didn't say what it was oh that's funny so we said we're going to come up with all these things that we're going to be you know these crazy crazy ones and we have one which if you follow us on other social platforms um you know i.e instagram is on there twitter it's on there facebook youtube you maybe already know this, but our next mission is... Dun, 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 dun. We're going to deliver Jimmy Fallon, host of The Tonight Show, amazing actor in uh, whatever that movie that was about baseball. Mm-hmm. We, he tweeted us about... Something Re- August? Regina, no. With Drew Barrymore? Yeah, that's the one. What was that one. called? Uh, Fever Pitch. That's the one. We're going to give him experience Regina t-shirts, and we want to get a photo of him wearing it. Preferably, him just wear it on national TV. But we are going to find a way to go from Regina, Saskatchewan to New York Regina. and somehow get an audience with him with him a t-shirt and hopefully get him to wear on national TV or get a photo with him or do something. And you ask, right, how are we going to experience Regina? Regina. Experience Regina. Uh, we're going to need the help of the entire city, maybe the province. I think every single day, all around people in Vegas and Texas and you know, everywhere Idaho, a full court press to try and put pressure on Jimmy to do this. And it's not outside the realm of possibility because he's already given us a hint to say this. Regina is the capital city I'm of Saskatchewan with around 200,000 people, people and a devotion to ecology that has resulted in a system and it's like, of hey, over okay, Jimmy, We're going to give you a taste of what Regina is like. We're going to give you these t-shirts. We're going to bring it to you to tell you, and then everyone listening to this, to tweet him and to message him on Facebook and and DM him on Instagram to say, listen, we want you to do this. We still need probably about 16 miracles along the way, Um, but that's going to be our adventure, and that's what we're documenting. So if you're not already, follow us on YouTube gets the longest videos. Facebook gets some videos as well. Um, And, you know, Twitter, Instagram, there's little bits and pieces going out everywhere there. So it should be fun. We need your help. We, help we, me! We need help, help us. So, kind of a funny story out of France. This is kind of going back to Apple and the smartphone sort of thing. Is that France is banning smartphones in schools? So, I mean, hold on. Hold, you know, this is already at thirty-five minutes. Fine. You were you were homeschooled, so you don't really get what this is about. No, I was homeschooled for part of my schooling, six I mean, years. Anyone listening to this podcast or watching our show or our content realizes you are homeschooled, it's obvious. No. Are you trying to insult homeschoolers? No, I'm not. I'm just saying it's obvious when you're homeschooled. Well, I what makes it obvious? I have a lot of friends 
who are homeschooled. Yeah, no, that's like that's like when people like you're racist and you're like, oh, I have lots of black friends. No, like for you, it's more like the fact that you have no idea what's happening in pop culture. Oh, like, so that's that's true of all homeschoolers. Most, yeah, actually, I have a lot of friends that are like, hey, have you ever watched dinosaurs? They're like, what? I believe in dinosaurs. No, like the show. With the baby and not the mama, like that was a thing on TGIF. I'm like TGIF, the restaurant. I'm like no, like the, the thing that, that was on. Anyway, you're laughing because you know it's true. No, I'm not laughing. They can't see my face. I'm not laughing. None of that is true. Anyway, continue. Here's my thing: is that France is banning smartphones in schools during recess and lunch. So they've already banned smartphones and tablets during class time, which I think makes sense. As every school classroom should. Yeah, I can't imagine being a teacher nowadays and having to deal with students texting and tweeting. I would be on all the time. Yeah, I wouldn't be listening to anything. I mean, in fact, actually, during university, I used to go to the back of the class and watch hockey in my night classes, which begs the question, Greg, why were you even there if you weren't How did you watch hockey back then? Well, you just, like, put it on the internet. You had the internet back then. Yeah, funny joke, man. Uh, <laughs> anyway, they're banning it. I from- forgot you were a very mature student. It's funny you make fun of me for being homeschooled while I was a kid. And you like didn't go to university till you were like 86. I was 25, I think. Yeah. When I, close to 25 when I graduated. Everybody, all the other students are like, who is this dinosaur here? Actually, that's close because I was like the married guy and that was weird, right? They're like, oh, yeah. you're married and you, you've university? given up on life already? But they couldn't find out like, I'm like this guy's really attractive and cool. No. Why do I, I want to hang out with anybody him? Anybody said that. It was ever. weird. I was always number one for good projects. True. Yeah, same with me in my school. Anyway, I want to know from, from your perspective, like, do you think this is a good thing that they're saying, hey, we're going to ban smartphones and tablets during recess and lunch hour and beginning and end of school where it's actually your time to do what you want? They're going to say, no, no, no. Actually, if you're in part of our environment, you can't do it. Uh, I I mean, is it good for kids to learn how to have real relationships with each other instead of relationships with their phones? Yeah. Yeah, but don't you think it's too far gone? Like, my daughter is almost two years old. She knows how to use a smartphone and it terrifies me. And I'm like, these kids are in grade school. It's too late to unprogram them, them to be like, hey, human relationship, eye-to-eye conduct is a good thing. You should talk to people. Is it not too late for that? My bigger problem is that society as a whole doesn't know how to deal with this, and parents don't know how to deal with it. So, you know, at least the schools are taking some steps to go, you guys can't pay attention, and you're not building real relationships. So for at least during these hours, we're going to do what your parents should do, and try and teach you to have real relationships with each other. I just can't imagine being a teacher in a class with these kids who now have all ADD because they can't focus in class because they're all abused by these smartphones and these smart devices to be like, hey, pay attention. The kid's like, I actually don't know how to pay attention because your words, my attention span is lower than a goldfish now. I don't know what to do. But don't you think some of that is on the way that we're teaching and educating kids? Because... I think there's tons of wildly interesting, I I mean, I say I think everything you need to learn in life other than maybe being a doctor, but maybe even that you can learn on YouTube. Okay. And I will give you and some so credit for that. We still have the same thing where it's like we have a teacher at the front of a classroom teaching kids and we go, okay, well, is it still 1890? Sure. Yeah. Or um, do we need to adapt the way that we're doing this and go, why do we still have classes that are 50 minutes long? Do you think that makes sense? I don't think that makes sense. I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to concede this to you because I think you're right. I think you're right. The fact of most of these, well, I mean, a lot of teachers are good, but a lot of teachers are not good. And they're great facilitators, but terrible lecturers. Right. And to be a good teacher, you need to be kind of a diamond in the rough. To be great lecturer, great communicator, great facilitator, great supporter, 
uh, great motivator, all these sort of things. But it's like, well, why? We have the internet now. Why not let the great lectures be great lectures and let the the teachers be like, hey, actually, you no longer have to worry about this because we're going to have the best lecture in the subject teach everyone through video. Yeah, here's my question to you: Who? What organization puts out the absolute best lectures? Um, let's, let's say TEDx or sure. TED. TED. How long are TED Talks? 20-ish minutes. Right. So the best lecturers in the world are being limited to 20 minutes because TED goes, people can't listen longer than this. And we've got everyday people teaching kids for, I don't know how long classes. I had a class for an hour and 15 minutes. Straight? Straight, yeah. Like, I just don't see how that makes sense. But it's the way that it's kind of always been done where I'm like, let's just like change it up here a little bit. And make it way more engaging. What would a university look, look like or a grade school look like where it was like, hey, your, your son or daughter's coming to school. They're going to watch a video for 20 minutes. Then we're going to work on stuff. And then we're going to see what happens. I think that would be potentially awesome. You think people would want to go to school? I actually, it hurts me. My, my son is six and he is going into grade one. Full-time school. It hurts you to have And it hurts me to think of the idea of him hating to go to school and having to go to school, if that's the case. And I don't know what his school experience is going to be like, but I think we all went through seasons where we didn't want to go to school and we still had to go to school every day. Now, I'm all for the idea of, yes, there are times in life where we have to do things that we don't want to do. But if the thing you don't want to do is six or seven hours a day and you're forced to do it, I think that actually sets you up in life to be one of those people who's in a job that you don't want to do, but you do it for the money because you think you have to do it as opposed to pursuing stuff that you love doing. Well, there's a lot of truth in what you just said. I think about, no, you need to suffer for a little bit. Like, just deal with it. This yeah. is how it is. And it's like, well, actually, it doesn't have to be that it way. It shouldn't have to be. Like, I want, like, why would we not have an education system where kids go, I really look forward to going to school. I get challenged. I get to work on things that I like. It's matched up to who I am. I'm building good relationships with people. And I understand, like, lots of that's like, oh, you know, like a, a long dream away. But I don't think it's as far as we think. And I think because we just still have this, like, box mentality of this is what school needs to be. And everybody's different. Yeah, if it was the 40s and that's all you had or all you knew was like, hey, this is school. We actually don't have smartphones or the internet or wireless right. charging to make this a thing. But now it's like, guys, we do. And the only reason we're not changing this is because we've set up the institution to be structured this way because there's money involved. And there's a lot, a lot, and a ton of work to change this. Yeah. We don't want to do it. And I think that's, that's the gap is... It would be hard to change and it would be hard to figure out. And I'm not saying it's not, but I think it's worth it to be able to do that. Now, speaking of change, exhale, because we need to wrap up. Yeah, we do. I have a lot more content to get to. We have to do another podcast early next week because there's some good stuff to get to. But I don't want to keep people going. This is one of our best podcasts. Maybe. You were funny in it. I'm always funny. It's probably because I'm hopped up on cold meds. It's actually, it's actually not true. You're not always funny, but always. Anyway, thanks for listening. We're back. We'll see you next week. Justin Greg podcast. I mean, tell your friends, okay? If you like the podcast, say, hey, you know what? Here's an irreverent podcast that you should listen to because it will hopefully entertain you. Yeah. Maybe.